Hi, this is Watson, and you are now listening to I Choose the Ladder, a podcast for Black women on the corporate climb. This episode is brought to you by The Memo, the bi-weekly newsletter that is sent out to the I Choose the Ladder community that covers the topics, the career topics that we are currently working on, job opportunities, and some partner information. So if you have not already done so, you can subscribe to The Memo by texting CLIMB, C-L-I-M-B, to 66866. Again, you can subscribe to the newsletter by texting CLIMB to 66866. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about managing up. And I know that this can be a pretty polarizing topic to talk about. Some people feel like it's not their job to manage their managers. Um, The way that I look at managing up is figuring out the ways to work and engage with my manager so that I can be the most efficient and effective at my job. So I currently um, report directly to the CEO of our company, and we tend to work hand-in-hand on a lot of um, the initiatives that come out of my department, a lot of the things that um, happening that are happening company-wide. And so for me, when I'm looking at managing up, I think about how do I best engage with him so that I can get the things that I want done internally done faster and in a way that tends to be more productive for everyone involved, right? And so we'll go through and talk about um, how I do that, why I think it's important, but I know that this topic has come up quite a bit and I'm going to offer my thoughts and, and a few recommendations on things to consider and how to engage with your manager, regardless of if it's, you know, someone who's a lot more senior or older than you are, or someone who, you know, you just have a difficult time connecting with for whatever reason. So the first thing that I think that you should consider when you are trying to manage your boss is what type of boss it is that you have. And let me back up. I'm going to say that this topic matters if, one, you want to, you know, climb and be promoted, but also if you care about the impact of your work on your organization, right? If the, you know, if those things are important to you and yes, they are something that you want to work on, I think you should consider becoming better at managing the people who manage you. So that comes with thinking about those people, right? Thinking not only about what it is that you want, but to also think about, you know, what it is that they want. Um, We're going to go through, I'm going to go through some of the, you know, the different types of bosses that we have and how to think about engaging with them in a way that can be beneficial to both you and your boss. So the first type of boss that I would say is like a brand new boss. So let's say this is a boss that you haven't worked with for a while. Um, they're Maybe they're new to the company, they're just new to your department, but for whatever reason, it's not someone that you have a long working history with yet so that you, know, you have a rapport and already some established credibility with that person. So I think one of the things that you should be thinking about when you're thinking about engaging with your, your boss, be that they a new person or a person who's been there forever, is what it is that they are trying to accomplish. So for example, if you have a brand new boss, they are concerned with establishing a reputation with your team, they're concerned with making a good impression with their bosses, and they're also trying to learn the culture and they're trying to learn the job, right? And so if you can think back to a time where all of those, all four of those things were factors for you, how would you have liked to be communicated with? How would you have liked to be treated? 
what kind of grace would you have liked ex- extended to you um, as you adjusted to a new situation? I know a lot of times I've seen in the past where it's instant judgment from the employee to be like, I know so much more than this person. Why don't I have this job or whatever the case may be. But I think in thinking about these challenges that they are facing as they try to adjust, what are some ways that you can help them adjust so that you can get to the business of getting the work done and the things that, um, that you need done for your department. So how can you present information to someone? Is it giving more context before you make your request? Is it, you know, having documents and sharing documents or maybe putting time on a calendar to like help them through the processes that the department already has? Um, when they're getting new and they're getting acclimated to stuff, you have the, the luxury of experience within the company or the specific department And so as you manage them, know that these are the things that they're thinking of and how can you help them ramp up maybe a little bit faster and also get them to a place where the processes that you may have wanted changed before that didn't help with efficiencies, that 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 can be taken care of. Another kind of boss that I think comes up a lot in this new climate is a boss that you may not see every day. So let's say you work remotely or you work from home or your boss is in a different market. And so it's hard to get the rapport built that um, you would if you you know sat maybe next door or you sat across the building from. And you have to think about what that manager is thinking about, right? So if they have staff or employees that are around um, in different parts of the country, they're thinking about how they can stay in touch with with everyone, manage everyone, give people, their employees, the resources that they need and the support that they need while also, you know, being effective at the work that they're doing. And so if you're someone who doesn't have the built-in interactions with your boss, one of the best ways that I think that I've seen um, people manage up is like they've been proactive in getting regular time with that person, right? So if that's requesting one-on-one meetings where you talk about the things that are happening in your market that your boss may not be aware of because they don't sit in that same market. Amazing way to, you know, to get them to understand what it is that you deal with on a day-to-day basis because they don't, they may not be experiencing the same things. Um, And knowing that they're probably already, you know, challenged with how do you make a team feel like a team that doesn't necessarily sit in the same space. I think creating um, opportunities where the team can be together or at least being a part of that process will help the communication um, be better with that manager because you'll have more more engagement points. I know for some people it's like, oh, it's a blessing. I don't have to see my boss every day. But the challenge of that is also like you don't really know their communication style as much. You don't know what they go through on a day-to-day and they don't know what you go through on a day-to-day. So trying to get them to do to do things may take a little bit longer or maybe a little bit harder, a little bit more frustrating because you don't have that established kind of rapport. And so think about, you know, ways that you can keep them up to speed with what's going on in your in your market. If there are challenges that you're facing in the market that may be market specific that they may not know about, that helps inform um, what it is that you're asking for or what it is that you need from them in order to be able to do your job a little bit better. Another boss, and 
I'm pretty sure we've all had one or we've all thought that we had one is an insecure boss, right? So a boss who, for whatever reason, may feel insecure in the place that they sit, right? Maybe the imposter syndrome that they have may be taking over their judgment or clouding their judgment a little bit. And I think this is a kind of boss that can be frustrating, but also needs a lot of grace, right? We know that there are times where all of us have felt insecure or felt, you know, the imposter syndrome. We talk about that on the podcast all the time. It comes up and we know how that impacts the way that we deal with other people and how we show up in spaces. And so as annoying as this may be, an insecure boss needs their egos fed. And there are, there's a time and place for that. We may feel like it's unnecessary, but you know that if you, if that person doesn't feel secure with you, nothing's going to get done. They're going to be a bunch of bottlenecks Things are going to take way longer than they need to because for whatever reason, they don't feel secure in the seat that they currently occupy. And so if you work for someone who is an insecure boss, whose ego gets in the way, or you find yourself um, constantly battling with their ego, I know your first instinct is going to be like, let me tell them that they need to get a therapist or like slide them a recommendation for a therapist. That is not the move. Uh, While we would love that, but I think figuring out What about the seat that they sit in makes them feel insecure and finding ways to have them show up as the hero in those spaces um, because that way you'll partner together in things and it'll help um, kind of calm and tame their egos a little bit because wherever they feel insecure as a team, they are feeling like you all are supporting them or that you are supporting them and it makes them a lot more... Um, willing to play ball or willing to work together on certain initiatives. But I know this one is tough. Like a boss who always needs their ego stroke before you get things done and for whatever reason feel insecure. And maybe, you know, it's that they don't have the skills that are necessary to get the position. But if you have them, why not help that person, right? It's frustrating. It's annoying. But if you have the talents and the skills, it will make your job a lot easier and the time that you spend a lot at work a lot easier if you helped to kind of tame the ego with whatever resources or help that you could give your boss. Um, Another boss that I think uh, is frustrating is bosses who are indecisive. Bosses who they'll say one thing this minute, say one thing another minute, change their mind. Somebody says something, they're like, yes, this is great. And then somebody else says, they're like, actually, this is great. And, And you never quite know where you stand. And that's very, very, very challenging. Um, I don't I don't think I've ever worked for someone like that. I've worked for, yeah, I've never worked for someone like that. But what I would say is knowing what prompts their decision making. So take some time to look at the process through which they make decisions, how their minds work, right? So I had a manager once that I knew made decisions purely out of fear. So if there was anybody who was able to come to him and get him scared enough to do something, he would do it because he's scared, so he he reacts. That changed how I presented the um, whatever suggestions that I had to him because I knew that fear, I know that fear-based decision-making can lead to a lot of chaos within an organization, right? So figure out how or what causes the boss to be indecisive, what information gaps causes your boss to be indecisive. And when you present things to them, make sure that you are filling in those gaps pre, um, 
preemptively filling in those gaps so that when somebody else comes with something that could potentially rile them up, you've already thought through and solved for all of those things. And so it makes it easier for them to stand firm on the decision that they've made. Oh, this is one. Um, the next kind of boss is a long-winded boss. And let me tell you, we all have that one boss who will come in your office, not care what you got going on, and will just start talking about everything under the sun. And it is frustrating because you spend your time trying to play catch up because you've wasted so much of your allocated time hearing about things that you really don't care about. What I found about this is people want to feel heard and they want to feel like you care about them and they want to feel like there is a connection that is happening. With the person that I used to work with who would do this to me all the time, I would make sure that at the end of whatever you know conversation session we had, there was a little bit of business that we could take care of so that the time wasn't always wasted. And I've also found that once she felt heard from me, it was easier to get a yes on the things that I needed. And so for me, it was figuring out what time did I have that I could allocate to engaging with her that we could also tie some business on to. And then there were other times where I just had to be like, hi, like, is it, is it possible for me to come back to your office at X time because I really need to get this proposal out or just kind of managing those relationships. And there's not, there wasn't a lot of like being offended because I wasn't saying, I don't care about what you have to say. What I was saying is now is not the best time, but we can talk about this at this time because I have something that's tied to the business that needs to take priority right now. So it's alternating, deciding, you know, when is it appropriate for me to sit for a you know 20 minute conversation that I you know may or may not want to be having versus me saying hey can we push off this 20 minutes to um, you know maybe in two hours when my proposal is done and making sure that when I go into that conversation I also have some business that we can discuss at the tail end that can get you know when they're in a good mood they feel heard they feel you know like we've connected or we bonded that can then help them that can then help me get something that I also need done. Um, but I know it's tough or it's, it's tough. Um, the next kind of boss is a hands-off boss. I will, um, admit that this is me. I do not like telling people what to do because if I need to tell you what to do, I could just do it myself. Um, and I just don't like people. I just don't like to micromanage people. I feel like you hire competent and smart people. Um, and so, I don't want to be the one that's like, do this and then do this and then do that and then do that. I, to me, it just defeats the purpose and it, it stunts the growth of my employees. What they have done to me is they are very direct with their questions. If they feel like something that I've given them um, does not have enough detail or an ask that I've made doesn't necessarily make sense, they know that I'm not going to be offended when they come in and ask me questions or maybe sometimes even challenge the ways that I'm proposing that we do certain things because they know that I'm not going to be the one to step in to do their jobs for them. We've been trying to find a balance between, you know, having sessions where they, where we talk through why I make certain decisions and why I approach certain things certain ways so that they can understand how my mind works. We have brainstorming sessions, um, 
you know, maybe like once a month, once every couple of months around certain initiatives. How do we come to this decision? I have them come and practice things in front of me all the time because our job um, has a lot of presentation elements to it. We, we're all client facing. And so when they need the time, they know now that they can ask me or they can put time on my calendar to get what they need because they know that the chances that I'm going to be the one initiating that kind of contact is pretty slim. We have team meetings every week. And for me, it's intended for them to use that time to get their questions answered. And so anything outside of that, they know that they have to be the ones to proactively get me engaged because I'll get in my own little world and I will not be thinking about them. I, I would think that like, hey, I gave you direction. This is what, like if something is unclear, um, it's your responsibility to come in and, and talk to me about it. So there's someone on my team, we're working on a pretty large project and we've been working on it for three weeks. And yesterday she was like, you know what? I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, what? I thought you were clear. Um, and she said no. And then, you know, we, she asked a bunch of questions and now she feels better about it, but, um, it took her a little while. She's newer on the team, so she doesn't know the expectations yet, but eventually she'll get to the place where I think, or I hope that she'll come, um, to, you know, to me and say, Hey, you gave me this. It doesn't really make sense. Here's what I was thinking. Um, and then we, we work from there. Uh, and then lastly, I, I struggle with this one, like a manager who you think isn't as smart as you. What I will say is just because someone is not as smart as you are in a specific area does not mean that they are not smart. And if you treat someone as if you think that they are not smart, the chances that you're going to be able to do anything collaboratively um, or move forward, especially if this person is in charge of your progression in the company, um, are pretty slim. So for me, I try to find the areas in which the person excels. So let's say they are not the smartest at logistics, but they have amazing creative ideas. What I will do is I will proactively handle the logistics and present those ideas to them, talk through it with them and have them give me feedback as opposed to being frustrated that they just are not good at logistics, right? That just, to me, it's, it's defeating. Um, and people can feel it in their spirits when you don't think that they are smart, right? You don't have to verbalize it. Your attitude says it all. And so for me, if you have a manager who isn't as smart as you are in a specific area, because there has to be something about them, whether you agree with or not, that got them to the position that they currently sit in. Whatever the reason may be, that's none of your business, uh, quite frankly. What matters is that they're there, they're your boss, and you have to work with them until you no longer work with them. And so for that, I would say don't focus so much on what they are not smart at. Find what they are really good at and where you can provide value to your team and your boss by filling in the gaps where they may be weak. So for me, I do not like Num like numbers, and which sounds really silly because I'm at Booth, which is like the quant school of life. But I just don't want to manage like our payment stuff and our um, I manage our budget, but like there's just certain aspects of that that I don't want to manage. I can do it, I don't enjoy it, but there's someone on my team who does enjoy it. And as opposed to him being like, Oh my gosh, she's a terrible manager, she's this, that, and the third, he's volunteered to say, Hey, I can take I can own this piece of of the work that we do because he knows that my time is much is spent much better in a different capacity. So if you think you're working for a manager who is not as smart as you are in a specific area, find ways that you can fill that gap for your team. And I think that will do a world of difference uh, 
in your relationship and the ways that you navigate through your department and the things that you get access to um, within your organization. Um, I think just overall, some things to think about when you're managing up is first, like knowing how to anticipate the needs of your boss. Um, just knowing what it is when you're around people long enough, you see how they process, you see how they, you know, deal with certain situations, you see what things light them up, you see what things shut them down. And so trying to anticipate what they will need. I remember when I was an assistant, I knew that, you know, my boss liked a certain kind of drink. And so on mornings where he had tons of meetings back to back, without being asked, I would go and get him said drink at a certain time so that he could, that he wouldn't have to think about it. He wouldn't have to ask for it. And it would help him get through his day um, a little better. And because of that, he was a lot nicer to me at the end of the day. He wasn't groggy. He wasn't grouchy because he had been going all day and didn't, you know, and didn't have anyone who thought about his needs while he thought about someone else's. Um, I think you have to think about what makes your boss more or less cooperative. Are there times within the office where you see like, Someone engages with him this way and instantly it's like the yes takes 20 minutes less than someone who engages with him this way or presents information to her this way. And so the yes takes three weeks of back and forth. Do you really understand what makes your boss more or less cooperative? Do you know what a win for your boss looks like? I think for a lot of us, when we think about our managers, we think of them as people who are there, you know, to kind of serve us and help with our careers. But the thing is, they are thinking about their careers also. And so if you are clear on what a win looks like for your manager, you can then intentionally do things to help them win, which in turn helps the team win, which in turn helps your engagement with your boss be a lot smoother and a lot more beneficial on both ends. And then lastly, do you know or understand how your boss hears and processes information. So for me, my team knows that they're not going to send me a long 10 paragraph email because I'm not going to like process and retain that information. Typically they send me, if it's an email, it's bullet points. If it's a long thing, it's a conversation, right? So understanding how your boss processes, processes information um, will be very helpful to you because it's going to remove a lot of the frustration that you may have with things getting lost in translation as it pertains to what is needed from you, what the responsibilities are, or you just feeling like no matter what I do, it's never right. And I think you understand, you can get an understanding of how your boss processes information by looking at the, the engagements that you have with them and which ones were the most productive, which ones were the smoothest, which ones seemed like they just kind of clicked, which one got, you know, where you got feedback that was, you know, more positive, that where your boss was more engaged. Um, paying attention to those things, I think, will help you um, in the long run when you're trying to decide how you engage and work with your boss. If you all have any tips, other tips of things that you have done um, to help you become a better manager of your manager, please, please, please send them to me at um, watching and I choose the ladder.com because I would love to share them. I know this is something that we've been talking about quite a bit in um, in my office. And I know it's a challenge for a lot of people figuring out how to best engage with someone who's managing you. Um, and so please, please, please share your tips. 
if you want to share them online, feel free. Instagram is probably where I check the most, which isn't really saying much, but I'll include some of the tips that I receive in the newsletter. As always, if you want to keep the conversation going, you can connect with us by texting CLIMB to 66866. You can also engage with us on Facebook at I Choose the Ladder or on Instagram at I Choose the Ladder. And until next time, thank you for listening.